The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily stand to reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 8th of October, 2022. I'm your host, Bad Billy. I got a good show lined up for you, as I normally do. Yes, indeed. So, in the first hour, you're going to hear a conversation with somebody that I've been wanting to talk to for quite some time. Yes, we'll start it off with conservative talk with a radio host out of Oregon. His name is Mark Anderson. And if you listen to John B. Wells' Caravan of Midnight, uh, he was just recently interviewed uh, over there, too. In the second hour, I have Dan Wass out of New York. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the gun laws out in uh, the state of New York. Yes, indeed. Third hour, joined by the icon Stephen James for the Steve Solution. Before I get to any of that, I want to cue the first song of the show. This is B.B. Chung King and the Buddha Heads with Talking Trash. Be right back after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. From a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out. It's Outlaw Radio.
Hey there, thrill seeker, rocking out to the station. I hear you, you're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah blah drink in a can or bottle, one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey, the best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey, 100% all natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there worth more than you. And I'm not talking about money. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. Women say that they want a guy that makes them laugh, yet bachelorette parties never involve a comedian. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, please have a seat as we review your Hofax. I strongly believe. I think you're. I have the right to. Some people live in a world of censorship, forced to keep their thoughts and ideas quiet. But I have the right to freedom of speech, and so do you. Let your voice be heard. I, I have the right to freedom of speech. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation, the Broadcast Education Association, McCormick Foundation, and this station. So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare. They're empty. Ugh. Well, that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools, jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, GunBroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at GunBroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? GunBroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. GunBroker.com. GunBroker.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliated with My Patriot Supply. Are you prepared for the next unplanned emergency? As we speak, inflation is rising and the grocery store shelves are stocked less and less every day. The time to prepare is now. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com, visit the store section, and click on the My Patriot Supply banner and purchase yourself some buckets of delicious gourmet food with a 25-year shelf life. You can also purchase other essential supplies you can use during times of unplanned emergencies. Supplies such as the Alexa Pure water filtration system, first aid and medical supplies, solar power supplies, and much more. Again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Visit the store section and click on the My Patriot Supply banner. Don't be left in the dark. Get yourself and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency today. 
Romney, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Talking Trash by B.B. Chung King and the Buddha Heads, and now it is time for Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk with Mark Anderson out of Oregon. Let's do this. Outlaw Radio, conservative talk. I just want to tell you that America is the greatest place on earth. We will make America great again. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Outlaw Radio, conservative talk starts now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio Conservative Talk, I am joined by somebody that uh, I discovered on uh, one of the radio stations in Oregon, uh, KFIR, I believe it is, um, but he's on a, f- on a few different stations in the state of Oregon. I want to welcome Mark Anderson. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yes, yes. Thank you very much for joining me. So... Uh, get things started too i mean uh whereabouts exactly i've been all i've been all over oregon but where are you located uh well we broadcast uh from our home studio we're uh, near salem which is kind of dead center of of the willamette valley um we've got some stations that we're on around the state and of course anywhere uh where you can get streaming um we're on two actually three stations uh, up east of the mountains kind of just across the border from you uh, we got one in uh, Baker City and another one in Lagrand, and then there's a third one up in Enterprise, and then over here on the west side of the mountains, we're on the Salem station KYKN, which is actually where we started. We had dropped off of them for a, a few years because of some internal squabbling there with management and stuff. But uh, anyway, we're back on there again, and then uh, we're also on KFIR, which you mentioned, which is uh, based in Albany, uh, a little south and west of uh, um, of Salem there, and they have a huge signal. It covers the, the entire Willamette Valley from Portland down into uh, Roseburg and from the coast up into Sisters, uh, which is up in the mountains there. And then we're also on KWRO, which is out of Coos Bay. Okay, yes. South Oregon uh, coast there. I'm definitely familiar with Coos Bay because I lived there uh, when I was a kid and uh, Beautiful area. You know, I, 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 I got yeah. to tell you, too, it's, it's like Oregon is, for one, it's uh, I'm seeing now that, uh, oh, no, I don't believe in the whole thing of climate change, but I do think temperatures have changed over the years. And now here, Oregon is warm enough that palm trees can survive, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, the, this yeah, last yeah, I am I am definitely not a believer in global warming. I think the climate changes all the time. That's why it's climate is because it goes up and down. And when you look at some of the yeah. historical records, uh, in fact, if you ever want to talk to him, we have a, a guest, uh, uh, Chuck Weiss, who's on our station, on, on our show, I should say, uh, about once a quarter or so. And he can really uh, help your audience learn more about uh, the climate change and, and how they have really falsified so much of science in order to push this, this hoax of, of global warming. But, you know, um, back in the, the Roman times, they were growing vineyards up in the UK, which you couldn't do again until about 20 years or so ago. Uh, So it was clearly much warmer there in the Roman times than it is now. And same thing for the medieval warm period. Uh, And, and 
Greenland was not a marketing ploy, which is what we learned in schools. It was green uh, because it was warmer back then. And uh, it's, it's, in fact, now they have discovered a lot of settlements underneath the ice and stuff um, as, as the glaciers have retreated. So, yeah, climate changes all the time. And, and if you're trying to blame it on mankind, where were the coal-fired uh, chariots, I guess, back then? Uh, you know, we just didn't have them. Well, one thing I just, you know, because I, I hadn't uh, taken that drive from uh, my neck of the woods uh, back to Coos Bay. And then I finally did it again in 2016, and everything just kind of came back to me. But, uh, you know, go starting uh, once you cross the Idaho border into Ontario, and then uh, mm-hmm. it's all desert until you get to yeah. Bend. And yeah. then, and then uh, once you pass Bend, it's like Bend is the divide point between yeah. the desert and the, and the timber. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's a very weird. You know, I, I'm not originally from Oregon. I grew up in Western New York, and yeah, uh, similar in, in many ways to Oregon, except for the topography. Um, it was just kind of rolling hills after rolling hills, and lots of snow. Uh, I think the year that I left, we had started having snow in September um, the year before. Um, it wasn't constant snow, but you know, we had an accumulation of snow in every single month from September up through Mother's Day. And uh, that winter was especially a little brutal. I remember shoveling the snow off of my car and out of the driveway. And it took me an hour and a half to drive the kids literally two blocks uh, to go uh, to the grocery store and then got back and they had plowed it back in another hour and a half (laughs) shoveling it all out again. And I thought, you know, there's so much better use of my time than shoveling snow all the time. So I I don't miss the snow. It's it's up in the mountains if I want to go visit it, but I never have. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're right. Bend is very much a dividing line. In fact, going back and forth over that pass there, it, you get to a point and all of a sudden it's radically different. It looks like the landscape of Mars with all the lava rocks and stuff. It really is quite amazing. Just just boom, uh, you have now crossed into a whole new countryside. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And also don't forget that Bend is the, the place with the last uh, blockbuster video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go figure. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they've made that into kind of a tourist trap there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, one thing, uh, though, looking at the state of Oregon, as beautiful as it is, it's been a blue state, a blue state for a long time. Uh, Republican nominee for president has not wins, won uh, the state of Oregon since uh, Ronald Reagan in 1984, that huge landslide against Walter Mondale. Right. That, that was uh, the last time Oregon has uh, elected uh, a Republican president. Since then, uh, you know, uh, Oregon was one of the few states to uh, elect that uh, that idiot Michael Dukakis, and every every other uh, Democrat that has run since then. And um, I lived in I lived in Coos Bay, as I said, as a child. And I moved to Portland. Now Portland. Of course, there's Oregon, and then there's the city of Portland. Yes, and uh, Portland was a rough place when I when I lived there in my preteens. Uh, you know, we're talking. I think it was 1985 through 1987 that I lived there, and but it's uh, compared to compared to what it is now. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, well, like I mentioned, I, I had grown up in Western New York, which I, I think kind of gave me a preview for what life was going to be like here in Oregon. 
um, like Oregon, Western uh, New York State had uh, a, a dominant metropolitan area, New York City. Um, but pretty much the entire rest of that state um, from about 30 miles north, uh, there, there's a, a county there called Rockland County, very aptly named if you need to dig anything. It was you started hitting bedrock, it seemed about six inches down. But anyway, um, about north of that border, um, you've got West Point and, and some of these other areas of so military presence there. Uh, but north north of Rockland County and then heading west over to Buffalo and Jamestown, which is where I lived for most of my time uh, there in New York State. It's very red. Uh, and in fact, for a while there, there was a, I, I think he was a state senator, may have been a representative, but I'm pretty sure he was a state senator, uh, who every session introduced a bill to divorce New York City and make it its own state. And of course, it never really went anywhere. But um, that was, that's very much the same feeling out here in Oregon. Oregon would love to just shove Portland off into the Columbia and be done with it, uh, make it its own little island. And, um, and rightfully so, because they, they dominate politics because it's, it's voting by numbers, not by acres of land. And so because they've got more people, they, they, they dominate the entire rest of the state. You've got Eugene as well, which is kind of a, a blue island. Salem leans red, but not very much. Um, and you've got uh, the uh, Corvallis area with uh, Oregon State University, too, which is also pretty blue. Um, but other than those, but if you were to shave off Portland, yeah, I think Oregon would be red. You mentioned that the last time that a, a, a Republican president won here was Ronald Reagan, and it was kind of the high watermark for Republicans here. And there was a lot going on even prior to Reagan. And and I moved here oh, mid sure. so um, but it was it was starting to transition to some blue uh, issues. Um, mainly, it, it and and what's interesting about Oregon is. So much of what has happened here does not arise from Oregon. It is imposed on Oregon. And um, I, I, I'll come back to that in a bit. But just, just to finish your point there about Portland, when I first moved here in the mid-90s, I loved going to Portland. I was involved in the book publishing uh, world, and, and there was a lot of uh, little mini small publishers up there. And the I Rose was working Festival. I'm sorry? I missed the Rose that. Festival. Yes, yeah, the Rose Festival. They had the, the Rose City book festival um every year and it was you know pacific northwest uh, booksellers i think it was called and i used to look for excuses to go up there to portland i, I just enjoyed it so much there's a beautiful city along the river there uh the, the rose quarter there was just so much going on you had powell's books which you know for for a, a, a book lover like myself that was just a treasure trove i loved going there and and now i don't think you could pay me to go into portland uh with the homeless camps uh with with the drug use and the violence and the shootings. And now they've got tire slashings going on recently. That's kind of the yeah. new phase. And it's just a mess. But uh, getting back to um, Oregon having so much imposed on it, I've, I've really been thinking about this question since, mm -hmm. since you invited me on the show to talk about what went wrong with Oregon is I, I really think where you can trace a lot of what happened was the spotted owl fiasco. Um, oh God, I, I remember that. that. You know, things had been building for a while um, at, at the federal level, which ended up being imposed on Oregon. And uh, in the 60s, you had some uh, they started the movement for habitat um, protection. Uh, and then in 1973, you had the Endangered Species Act. And then uh, later in the 70s, they introduced um, uh, Equal Access to the Justice Act, which um, uh, that I mean, you could do a whole show just on that alone. But um, and then and in the 80s, that's when the uh, the spotted owls first started uh, uh, getting tagged as endangered species. Um, 
And uh, but then there was a couple other ones, the marbled merlet and uh, coho salmon all got flagged as endangered species, all of which um, touched various aspects of the Oregon forest. And so uh, by the 1990s, when Bill Clinton came along, um, that's when things really went sideways. And Oregon really started to take a lurch to the left. And I really think what happened was um, because that's when they declared uh, the, the spotted owl is a true endangered species and they were going to protect all this land. They changed some, some of the r- rulemaking on that. And so now basically logging was, was hands off. You couldn't log anymore. Yeah. And yeah. there was a, it was, it was a back and forth mess. Um, I, I think it was about 10 years of, of uh, fighting back and forth. And they, the, the Clinton administration eventually uh, issued their Pacific Northwest forest plan or something like that. I think that's what it was called, the, the Northwest Forest Plan, which basically said that um, within so many miles of known spotted habitat, a spotted owl habitat, you couldn't log anymore. Well, basically, I, I, and, and I, which basically took the whole forest off land, uh, or yeah. offline, I should say. Yeah, pretty much. And, warehouse are out of business. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. And so they, they, they kind of fought back, but they pretty much, uh, I, you know, I, I was talking with my wife about this too because she's a native Oregonian. She's been here all her life. And I really trace so much of what happened to, to Oregon. It's, it's not just the fact that they had the spotted owl, but they didn't fight back. They just kind of gave up. Well, and they sort of said, well, these are new rules that are coming down from the federal government, f- somehow forgetting uh, the politicians at the time. Uh, and and at, at the time, uh, Republicans had majorities um, there. They had, a, they had, uh, Vicatia who, who was a governor and, and they just kind of roll over and played dead on this. And so it's, it's not just that they gave up, but I think they were also pretty naive as to where all of this was going because so much of it, this was new. Now looking back at the spotted owl, we can really see that this was the pathway that they began to use and then impose environmental restrictions on all of these other States as well. And that is so much of the key to understanding Oregon and why people need to pay attention is because what happens here will eventually find its way there. Exactly. I mean, you know, I lived when I moved from Portland, uh, I went to California and California was a very red state by the time I was there. But as I left California, I started to see the, uh, the, the shift. And, um, you know, I didn't think about it until recently. And now here in Idaho, I'm starting to see the same things that were happening in California so, you know, I'm standing up and doing what I can to fight for Idaho because uh, I'm seeing the red flags. Um, Mark, I, I got to tell you uh, r- real quick uh, before I, I shift to something else, uh, but similar is uh, remember, because um, my family's been in the timber industry. Unfortunately, my dad was killed in the timber industry. Oh. But uh, um, I remember right around that time, the whole fiasco of the, of the spotted owl my uncle actually put a bumper sticker on his truck that said wooden paper products no longer available. Wipe your butt with a spotted owl. (laughs) (laughs) But um, there's something else going on too. That's, that's very similar. Mark is uh, now we're talking about uh, hunting and fishing and uh, they want to here in Idaho, there have been talks about banning predator hunting. So the, and they're bringing in, See, somebody thought it'd be a good idea to bring in wolves, reintroduce wolves, grab them from Alaska and other parts of uh, of Canada. And first they they planted them into um, Yellowstone Park. And at the time, Yellowstone Park was having a problem with uh, elk overpopulating because you can't hunt 
on a national park. But now those those herds are gone since uh, they've they've uh, reintroduced the wolves because wolves are actually now becoming a they're starting to overpopulate and take over everything. And uh, you know they've reintroduced wolves in parts here in Idaho, and uh, we're seeing uh, less and less deer and elk. You know, and they want to ban predator hunting, so that means you can't go over after bears, wolf wolves cougars whatever i mean wolves are off limits anyway because they're protected but they want to ban predator hunting and if they do that i mean they're they're gonna they're gonna wipe out the herds of deer and elk and antelope to the point uh, where they're gonna be scarce and then they'll say oh well since uh, there's no more deer and elk now we can take your guns makes sense that would not surprise me that that's one ultimate goal. And, and that's, I, I think, you know, using Oregon really as the kind of the Petri dish for so much of this. Um, yeah, I, I could, uh, what you're describing fits kind of how the left operates, which is they never directly attack. Usually uh, I should say they, they usually don't directly attack their ultimate goal. Um, I think when the spotted owl fiasco happened, they, they didn't, approach it from, well, we want to get rid of logging. Um, we want to control businesses. No, no, they, they approach it. Well, we're trying to save this owl. And I can certainly see that being applied to the situation that you described, which is, well, we're not, we're not coming after your guns. Gosh, no, we wouldn't do that. Uh, we just want to make it illegal to hunt anything. Uh, okay. So then what's the point of all those hunting rifles then, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, like you say, I mean, the spotted owl was basically a cover-up. I, I, in fact, a lot of people said, "Oh, I see spotted owls everywhere. They're plentiful. They're not, they're not endangered." You know, and the, these are honest people telling me this. So yeah, so, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I've actually got a, a, a quick aside on that. Uh, back when I was getting my MBA, my accounting teacher, um, uh, he was the accountant for what well, at the time the spotted owl. Uh, he was the accountant for one of the logging companies up the canyon there, uh, San Diego Canyon, heading up over towards Sisters. And he was testifying to the legislature and say, look, these these species do not need ancient growth forests. Uh, we have a pair of them nesting in our sawmill. So this notion that we have to protect these ancient stands and 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 can't touch the old growth and, and, and whatnot, that's just absurd because they they, they will nest anywhere. See, and, and that's the thing, too. And. And then there, there's the debate too. Oh, the, but the loggers, they're just going to clear cut. And, and I do, I have seen uh, that uh, some places where there have been clear cutting and, um, and, and it doesn't look good. In fact, and you talk to anybody in my family who's worked in the timber industry, they're against clear cutting because if they do that, they, they, they're out of a job. So no, they're not going to clear cut. But they are going to, if, if there's a forest full of dead and dying trees, um, it would be smart to clear cut those out because they're a fire hazard. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and since then, too, is, that's another thing we got to look at is since the, uh, they have targeted the timber industry and pretty much outlawed logging, and uh, you you can't even go after dead trees that uh, you can do a number of things with. Um, so just uh, leave them there, basically, kind of like uh, leaving that those dry pine needles, and uh, just one little ember, and boom, 
you know, yeah. there, there goes. So, the, so, you know, there, that there have been a lot more wildfires since uh, they targeted the timber industry. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, that has really been the shift when it comes to the timber industry as it used to be for decades and decades. Um, in fact, in 1859, when Oregon uh, attained its statehood, they passed a law designating the Oregon Common School Fund. And this was a fund that was set up that was funded by uh, timber sales. And I think there were some other things, too, that, that fed into that. But mainly it was timber sales because Oregon had all of these massive forests and stuff. And, and uh, it wasn't it really wasn't what people imagined where, you know, oh, my gosh, there's just these Indians uh, running around out the woods there and they're, they're hunting the deer and stuff. And there's just miles and miles and miles of, uh, of forest and you can never see the end of it. That's not exactly how it was because we had forest fires because before the white man ever got here. And, and Indians, of course, you know, they were able to fight the fires and stuff and, and protect areas. But it's not like we had these massive expanses of forest. In fact, we have more forest lands now than we than we have ever had. Uh, it's because uh, mankind gets in there and they replant these areas and, and they grow these trees for, for profit. I mean, it, it is literally that money grows on these trees, uh, especially here in Oregon. Oregon grows the best Doug firs anywhere in the world. Uh, it has the best uh, environmental conditions to grow Douglas, Douglas firs. So you harvest one area, you replant it, and then you harvest the next area, you replant that, and on and on down the line. And then when when the first one gets to maturity, you start the process all over again. It is a never-ending source of of, of, of funding. And that's why Oregon had set up its, 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 uh, its common school fund, was to fund the schools from the sales of timber uh, on state lands. And um, there was uh, an issue... Um, um, back with the Elliott State Forest and they had traded to swap some areas and stuff. But anyway, it became Oregon's largest state forest. But in the 19, I want to say 62 Columbus storm, it, it knocked down a whole bunch of trees and stuff. And so they had to hustle to get out there and take out these dead and dying trees before they became rotted with, uh, before they either felt susceptible to rot or uh, disease or uh, bug infestations and whatnot. And so they were trying to get those out. And that unfortunately is now what's going on with, with our forests is we're no longer managing them for revenue, which then feeds into the school fund. Now what we're doing is we're just managing wildfires because we just let it stand there. We don't go in there. We don't, we don't cut the, uh, the, the dead and dying trees out. We don't uh, go out and clear the underbrush. We don't have fire breaks as much as we used to. In fact, we don't even maintain the forest roads to get to the fires when they start. Uh, so many of these roads have been blocked off with these big, heavy cement blocks. You get trees falling down there. They're not maintained. So it's days before they, you can get crews in there. And by then, the, the fires have spread too much. And uh, in fact, Dr. Bob Zyback, um, who studies, in fact, his dissertation was on wildfires here in Oregon. Um, he has said from, I want to say, 1957 up through 1984, so roughly 35 years, Oregon only had one major forest fire in excess of 10,000 acres. But when they started putting in all of these restrictions from the, the spotted owl and whatnot, we've had 36 uh, major forest fires over 10,000 acres and some of them over 100,000 acres. And it's simply because we've had we've adopted this this notion of hands off the forest. It needs to be pure and pristine. And that means mankind should not be impacting this at all. And instead, uh, we just are, are constantly fighting fires. So we've gone from a situation where the force were generating taxes and monies for the school funds to a situation where now we are spending those taxes that we should have been collecting 
uh, on managing forest fires. They're not harvested. They don't even let you go in and harvest the trees that have caught fire that are still salvageable. They still have usable timber in them. They don't, they just let those sit there and rot. And so of course this is impacting the health of the forest. So if you're trying to say, well, Global warming is, is causing uh, the fires or the, the forest to be uh, drier. And so therefore, they're get, these fires are going to get worse all because global warming. Well, I'm sorry. If you believe that, then you need to go in and, and manage the forest more than ever. I mean, if that's your excuse is, well, the global warming is making things drier. Well, then guess what? You need to go, go in there and get uh, manage things uh, to prevent these kinds of fires. And that's the opposite of what we've been doing. You know, one, one of the, the shows that we did very early on, I, it, will, it will stay with me to my end of days, was we had interviewed a county commissioner and there were several counties at, at the time that were trying to sue the state because the state had shut down um, uh, logging and this is like the major income uh, produ production industry in, in their particular counties. And there's like 12 of them, I think, that were getting ready to sue the state. And what they were dealing, dealing with instead was because they were, um, they were offline from logging, they were essentially getting county welfare from the federal government. So other taxpayers in other states were all paying money to these counties not to log the, the trees on, on their own lands. Well, we had interviewed a commissioner um, from one of these counties, and it was heartbreaking to hear him talk. Because what he described was, you know, when I was growing up in the 50s and 60s and 70s, we had plenty of cash in these counties. We had some of the best roads you could ever find because uh, Oregon designated uh, there, there was uh, there was a types of lands called the ONC lands that had to do with old railroad uh, lands that were that were ceded to the state when those railroads went out of business, and so they were able to log all of these. They had the best roads. Uh, they had some of the best schools ever, better than Portland schools, because these schools were so flush with cash in these rural areas. They could afford art classes and music and uh, phys ed and sports, all of the things that at the time the Portland schools were cutting back on in the 70s and 80s. They, they were fully funded. They had great teachers. They could afford to get some of the best teachers. And, and instead, what happened after 20-some years of, uh, well, 30 years at the, at the time, of these forest policies coming in, into play, teachers, things were so bad in those counties. Teachers were having to sneak home food in kids' backpacks because they weren't sure that they were getting food at home. You know, it's that's, that's what the leftist environmentalists have done to this state. In a nutshell, that is what has happened to Oregon. We've gone from a wealthy producing state with good jobs for people, where people felt good about themselves, to now we're getting government handouts and kids aren't getting fed. Well, that's just the thing, too, is, you know, is, I mean, that ultimate lust for power that these politicians have, especially, and I don't, I don't care if they're Democrat, Republican, whatever, you know, I mean, They've all shown that they've had this this un, ungodly lust for power, you know. So um, basically, uh, con control which way the revenue goes, shut down what you need to. Uh, but uh, you know, still, I mean, ban logging, but yet I still live in a in a wooden house. Come on, you know, yeah. and and it it, and then we're going to usher in socialism, and I mean. And I'm I, Mark. I'm just going to be blunt here, and I've said this before. I mean, communism, socialism, whatever you want to call it, is nothing more than a pile of dog shit covered in whipped cream, chocolate, strawberry sauce, whatever. That's what it is, because it, it looks it looks good on the outside when you you look at the ideology of of communism from the outside, but then take a bite. It's still a pile of dog shit. <laughs> Come on. 
yeah that and and that's pretty accurate uh, pretty blunt <laughs> but yeah. uh which i enjoy but um yeah that's that's socialism uh because uh, so much of socialism it's it's being done by bureaucrats uh who don't have industry i mean just just look at what they did to the logging industry those rules that were put in place uh were not done by loggers yeah they had invited some loggers to some meetings and stuff but they had these rules imposed on them rather than uh, going to the loggers for solutions. They had all sorts of solutions. You know, you could designate some areas and stuff and, you know, they, they had their own solutions to things, but it's, it's done by always bureaucrats who don't understand the basic issues of an industry. And because of that, they're always going to put the wrong uh, solutions forward because they don't understand the issues within that industry. And you can do that same thing for uh, healthcare, which of course is a you know an entire mess here in Oregon as well. Uh, you you can look at green oh, energy yeah. and all this other stuff. But in terms of not logging here in Oregon, as you said, uh, you you still live in a in a house made of wood, and that's the issue. It's it's not that we don't use less wood now than we ever did. It's we've offshored so much of this. Now instead of having good creating a uh, good tax paying jobs here, and and a lot of the I think the average wage. Um, uh, as I recall from from a seminar some years ago, at that time the average wage was over fifty thousand dollars. So it's probably sixty, maybe even seventy thousand now for the average wage job in the logging industry. So we've gone from taxpayers to people that are being paid by the government and other taxpayers to not do their jobs. Uh, and we've also shoved this up to Canada. We we import a lot of wood from Canada when we used to do it here ourselves. Same thing for China. We 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 have started importing wood from China and Southeast Asia. Some of these other yeah. countries, we're importing wood uh, rather than harvesting it here. In fact, if if you want to say, okay, well, we need to be you know greatly concerned about the environment, and most conservatives like myself, I'm I consider myself an, a, a a conservationist. I'm not an environmentalist. It's a very different mindset. I believe in protecting uh, the environment. I believe in in using the environment, but I don't believe in shutting it off and locking it away. That's what environmentalists uh, look at. They see mankind as the problem. I see mankind as the solution. And so if you want to do responsible, sustainable timber harvest, this is the place to do it. Let's show the rest of the world how this can be done. Let's lead from the front. Let's, let's show how uh, sustainable uh, forestry can, can work, how it can, it can create healthy forests and create good paying jobs. You know, I mean, that, that's just the thing, too. Our natural resources here in the United States, we're, we've got plenty of it, and it's been proven. I mean, we, you know, um, I had John Grovener on my show last time out of uh, New Hampshire, and he he said, you know, because there's plenty of oil, especially on Native American reservations in the in the Dakotas, that mm-hmm. you know they don't want them drilling on that because that's their land or whatever. However, if we offered to, if we started drilling and offered to give some of that money that we could generate. And and believe me, there's more than enough, as we know, to you know, to give say even 25 percent of that of of what's generated to the to the reservation, which is going to be a lot of money. Um, I mean, 50, 25 percent, 50 percent. What take your pick? It's going to be a lot of money that's uh, generated from drilling there. And, uh, you know, I, I think the Native Americans would be happy because, of course, they get to share in the profit. Um, sure. But but no, we're not going to we're not going to drill and, and use our own natural resources. We're we're not going to uh, we're not going to use our own wood. 
everything's going to be imported, whether it's coming from Saudi Arabia or it's coming from Russia or it's coming from China. You know, especially, you know, China is, is looking for their opportunity to take over this country. They've been a threat for a long time. They're already taking over Africa. I mean, I mean, and look at these African countries that are in debt to China, and they've they're uh, they've already taken over uh, pretty much owned Zambia. Now they're buying farmland here in the United States. So you know, why are we using their resources when we're already in debt to them? I mean, th- there's an agenda going on, Mark. Oh, absolutely, there is. Um, I, I think some of that is um, we've. I think the last four years, um, well, 26, you know, going back to 2016, so six years, I think a lot of us have really started waking up to, we are, we have been at war for a number of years now. We just didn't know it. Um, I, I had interviewed um, the co-author of the, of, of the book, Disinformation. And this was a fascinating interview. Um, <clears throat> couldn't speak with the, the author, uh, Lieutenant Ian Pacheco, because his, um, English was not very good, but he was he was the head of the Romanian disin, disinformation uh, agency, which was really the entire hub for the Soviets. Um, he he ran the, uh, the the training facilities for for spreading disinformation. And one of the things that uh, the author had told me was that by the time Ian Pachepa um, defected here to the United States in 1978. He had recruited a million disinformation agents here in the United States. And these are people where <clears throat> they were in uh, entertainment industries. So Hollywood, yes, there really were Soviet agents working in Hollywood, um, in the theater, uh, in media, but also in government and even the military. And they were spreading disinformation. They were there to really help undermine uh, U.S. credibility to uh, ease the transition to to socialism or Marxism. You know, I, I think we're kind of skipping over socialism now. We're heading right for Marxism. <clears throat> but I asked him. I, I said, so in 1978 when he left, there's a, a million agents there. Whatever happened to them? And he had to pause for a second. He says, you know, as far as I know, they were still there. And that was that was 1978 you know, before Reagan. And so you look now at what's happened with the FBI and the Department of Justice and the CIA and all these other ones. The IRS um, too. The IRS is another good example. I mean, all of these agents agencies have been flooded with um, people that were working at the time for the Soviet Union. And I'm sure, you know, the Soviet Union is gone, but, you know, how many of them are working for Russia or they just, you know, are, are working on their own for, you know, Soviet ideals and communism to bring that here in the United States. And I think the last six years now have really shown that, oh my gosh, just, there has been this silent war being waged right here in the United States. I mean, you see the influence of China. Um, I mean, for heaven's sakes, Mitch McConnell is, is married to uh, a, a Chinese national. I, I think she is, and maybe she was born here, but oh, he's, um, yeah, you, you look at uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 the one representative there that was actually sleeping with the Chinese spy um, and the Confucius Institutes and all the rest. So yeah, we're, we are constantly at war. And that's the thing that people have to remember about socialism is, is it does not embrace freedoms. No. There is no such thing as individual freedoms. There is collective freedoms granted to you by the state. You don't have, there is this not, they, they do not accept the fact 
that we have God-given individual rights, and it's the government's job to protect those rights. Instead, they see it on the, the reverse side of that, which is that you are granted rights by the government that we can take away, but they're not even really an individual right. Um, it, it's much more of a collective right, is that collectively we can speak our version of uh, freedom of the speech, but if you individually say something that we disagree with, oh, no, you lose that right. Yeah, that's couldn't have said it better. But, uh, gosh, we, these these discussions can go for a long time. Wow. But uh, fortunately, we are limited and got to wrap it up here soon. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, this, uh, I don't know, the, and it just amazes me, too. We've, you know, back in the 80s, uh, you know, even when I lived in Oregon, you know, when you talk about communism, you talk about what it is, that it's not something good. In fact, uh, when I was in Portland, I was I befriended somebody whose parents uh, migrated from uh, the former Soviet Union, and um, yeah, he uh, he he told me how happy he was to be out of Russia. And I'm pretty sure if he's still in the Oregon area, I'm pretty sure he's he's gonna he's gonna tell you a different story. But but uh, you know if. Uh, if this is such a good idea, you know, I already had somebody tell me on Facebook that, you know, that's a, a they're not necessarily a Biden supporter. They're just anybody but Trump uh, type people like they'll they'll elect George Soros before they elect Trump, um, you know, and they'll say, oh, well, that's better than having a racist in office. Uh, but uh, the fact of the matter is that they said that communism cannot be implemented here in the United States. Well, 20 years ago, they said the same thing about Venezuela and look, look at it now. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I know several people that have grown up uh, in, in various communist countries and they are very concerned with what they're seeing here, uh, especially right now um, because they, they see us heading down that path. And it's very rare that you have um in, in a country like the United States, and, and I think, just to back up a little bit, I, I, I think America is going to be the hardest place to try to push socialism because we know what freedom looks like. Some of these other countries did not have that. Um, you look at the, some of the Central American countries that have fallen to communism. You look at uh, Venezuela and, and, and some of these other ones. They had you know, pretty heavy-handed rulers to begin with, and so shifting to socialism wasn't that big of a step until they got into it. And then they realized just how bad it could be. But here in, here in America, in the United States, we know what our freedoms are supposed to look like. And I think that will make things that much more difficult for communists and for socialists to try to push this on us. But that doesn't mean they're not trying. Um, it well, is the slow, steady drip of our freedoms melting in the forge of socialism that we have to be concerned about. And that's, you can look at Oregon and other places like it. They didn't jump right from, uh, uh, you know, these, these good paying logging jobs in, into, um, you know, not harvesting them overnight. It, it was a process of 30, 40 years, depending on, what, on, on when you start the clock. Well, well, Mark, the thing is, is, is that uh, we've got to watch it for our uh, future generations is the thing is because it's, it's being pushed on, uh, you know, 
it's being taught in schools. And so, you know, as, as we look to the future, you know, obviously the way it is right now, there, there's too, there's still too many baby boomers, generation X and even millennials with brains in their heads that, uh, that know that, uh, we're, we're, we're not about to lose our freedoms, but the, the new gener- generation Z is what they call it. That's what the ones we really got to watch out for because they're, you know, in public schools, they're being taught that, uh, you know, obviously one plus one plus three is racist and transgenders are, are, uh, transgenderism is being, uh, is more important, uh, than, than, uh, reading and writing, you know, and communism is the way to go. That's what they're teaching our kids today. And then, you know, we got to think about our children's children. So, you know, this is, we got to draw a line here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we do. And it needs to stop. And this, I, I think some of this is going to be taken care of with some of these lawsuits that are already percolating out there. Um, yes. We personally, as, as parents, uh, my wife and I experienced this where the schools were trying to interfere with the relationship between us and our younger daughter. And they were pushing this garbage at her. It caused all sorts of upsets that I, I don't need to go into. But in, in talking with some attorneys and some other people back in during that time is that the Supreme Court has ruled uh, not just once, but multiple times that says that the parents are the ultimate arbiter of what happens between them and, and their children. And they have all of the rights in that case. The schools do not. And I think if lawsuits um, that, that, as you know, your kids are being pushed transgenderism and some of these other things. I think as these lawsuits start to trickle up, you're going to have that reaffirmed. And I think you're going to see all this get knocked out pretty hard. I mean, look, for goodness sakes, what, what California just passed. They just passed into law a bill that would remove that if a, that if a child escapes their family's home, and, and, and we're talking children here. We're not oh, talking yeah, adults that have just recently left. No, we're talking under 18 that don't have all of the adult rights. And yet if they can escape their parents' home, and make it across the border into California. California will strip those parents of their parental rights. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I was actually talking about that with uh, with an on a different show um, earlier this week. Because I'm, I'm actually, I'm not there yet, but I'm gearing up to to move the uh, Outlaw Radio to Patriot Soapbox, which I'm really, really excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we were talking about that, and they're you know uh, gear to uh, rehome these these kids. It's like. No, but uh, we Mark, we are out of time. I, I just got one more question uh, before we wrap this up is, uh, you know, I listen to the I Spy radio show and it's a great show. It's just my question is, uh, uh, why the James Bond 007 theme? <laughs> well, that actually started in the early days um, when we were first my, my wife. And the reason we had I Spy was because in, in 2010, Oregon was pretty much the only state in the nation that didn't go red on some level. We went a deeper shade of blue. And so in, in the months after that, my wife, I'm walking through the living room one day and my wife had been reading the, the news and just disgusted with uh, some of the, the new policies that the new newly elected Democrats were looking at pushing. She says, you need to do a radio show. I, and, and I said, what? And she goes, yeah, I just think if people had better information, we would have voted differently. And I thought, well, yeah, OK, I can see some of that. So we started hashing it around and, and um, I, I didn't, I, I had never done radio uh, before. I don't have any theater background or anything like that. 
So I was a little nervous about going down the air all by myself. And so I said, I'd really like to have a co-host and, you know, so we'd be discussing things rather than feeling I needed to c carry the whole show myself. And so one of the people that we looked at, um, whose name I'll, I'll leave off because it never actually worked out, but he was a former intelligence agency uh, agent. And so we thought, uh, and so we were kicking around ideas, knowing his spy background. And I said, well, what about I spy on Salem? And, the, and everybody in the room was like, oh yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. We should do that. And so the, and I was just kind of joking when I threw it out there, but it, it stuck. And so we, we, when we first got on the air, it was I Spy on Salem. Uh, that, that host never actually made it onto the air. We went with somebody else. It, that's a whole separate issue there that I won't get into. But anyway, just the name I Spy stuck. And so because of the I Spy, we have the James Bond themes and all, and all the rest. All right. Well, uh, Mark, it was a pleasure talking to you. I mean, after listening to you for, I think, what, the past year or so. Um, and uh, going to wrap it up here um of course if you're listening on the audio feed uh, we're going to go to a music set before we do that mark why don't you go ahead and give the ice by radio show a plug well i'm going to listen to sure. find you yeah um every week we're keeping an eye on big government that's really our theme and uh, it's really about so people can start defending themselves T typically what we do is uh we, we do touch on on statewide issues but also national issues so when we're talking about some big things like healthcare or green energy and whatnot a lot of times we are using our experience in Oregon as as the uh, what not to do. Uh, as we say, um, Oregon is really the petri dish uh, of, of leftist politics. They try things here before they try it out uh, in, in other areas of the country. And if you want to tune in, it's iSpyRadio.com. It's the letter I, iSpyRadio.com. We also have a podcast available on, on pretty much most of the, uh, the, the, the top podcasting platforms. All right. Well, Mark, I thank you so much for your time. And... Uh... Good luck swimming in those blue waters out there. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And there you have the conversation with Mark Anderson. Yes, it was good talking to him finally. We're going to go to the first music set of the show. Coming up, we have Tanner Ursary with Time Bomb. Going to be followed by Biff Naked, Swug, Mandy Shea, and Van Coke Cartel. Be right back. After this, this is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? <laughs> Take it time bomb 
goddamn ticket time bomb. Time sound like this. I'm not eating this crap. This Friday night sound like this. Screw you, Mom. I want to get laid. Do you long for a different time when we were free to raise our children to actually respect us? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Hitting kids works wonders. Hi, I'm Alan McLean, child behavioral psychologist and former U.S. Marine. With my easy system, I'll turn your disruptive, unruly kids around fast. Let's face it, kids are rotten little shits. When I served our country, I learned a lot about changing behavior and winning people over. Offer candy, then a butt of the gun to the face. Buy my book, Hitting Kids Works Wonders, today. Job in about a year, living down in my parents' basement. I wish it I could get out of here. Sometimes I think I need a vacation.
doesn't mean I don't love you because I cheated. Hold up, drop them bags, baby, why you leaving? Hold up, all that future plan and believe them. I just want to reach your goals and achieve them. Now, I just want to reach my dreams. My girls ain't got my feelings, I got theirs. You got minds, let's reach and understanding, I mean. Don't dwell on negatives, that you want the future with me. Family and kids, remember? Now your quotes about me are past tense. Now saying ain't no telling how many women I've been with. But I just say, think how many will want to be with me. I'm a rapper, kind of take my confidence seriously. Proper chicks, hood chicks, go get us. Feeling me. One homegirl told me, hold your head, swell succeed, billions in me. But you the one control my insides. All you gotta do is don't let nobody on your hands. Our future is something we should believe in All it is fussing and fighting and crying and lying No reason Hold up You say I don't love you cause I cheated Our future is something we should believe in All it is fussing and fighting and crying and lying No reason Hold up Lower your tone Never let a female jeopardize our home Never, never once did I not come back home Let them dumb girls say they got five minutes from Rome Just pay them no mind, that's how they get gone You a woman, you know how y'all get when y'all feel alone Plus, haters in your ears saying they been over backwards for you I know what you're going through, just relax, stay calm and be cool And let me direct this movie With fate, fortune, and fame, baby, don't let your spirit lose me Try to make a future for us so stable Either way, you either my rising or you my fallen angel All us, girl, can't stop working on us Girl, we fuss, girl, but why, girl You ain't gotta leave me, you got to stay right here You say I don't love you cause I cheated Our future is something we should believe in All it is fussing and fighting and crying and lying no reason Hold up, you say I don't love you cause I cheated Our future is something we should believe in All it is fussing and fighting and crying and lying no reason Hold up, you say I don't love you cause I cheated Our future is something we should believe in All it is fussing and fighting and crying and lying no myself to you I was looking for us to last and I thought that you were too when I fell I fell so hard in love with you love wasn't enough I should have learned by now Still moving too fast Flying away from you Gotta get far away I really wanted to trust in you Yeah 
there is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your Hunter Athletic Gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, Hunter Athletic Gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed. Battle after battle, Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at hunterathletic.myshopify.com. Gear up and let's train. What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour un interrupted and uncensored information join our ctm family today join the movement join the fight for freedom and independence caravan to midnight is media for the people by the people independent of commercial obligations or influence for less than a cup of coffee per month you can make a difference let the people fund the next news network help us grow help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first join the family at caravantomidnight.com a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, CEO of MyPillow. Cancel culture has not only affected myself and MyPillow, but also millions of you out there. My employees and I want to personally thank each and every one of you for all your support. At MyPillow, we have hundreds of products now, including my new slippers, bathrobes, sleepwear, and my new beds. We are offering the best products ever for the best prices ever. Mike Lindell is a true patriot who loves America, and we support Mike. Please visit MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials box and use promo code OUTLAW for all Mike's great discounts. Or call 1-800-652-3982. And remember to use promo code OUTLAW. 
And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs liposome spray products. From the Ultra 10,000 Nanograms Package to the Platinum 300,000 Nanograms Package. There are also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit keys2life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number 2, life.shop. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men men again. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Fuck the shit. Fuck the fucking shit. Fuck shit. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. Fuck shit. The shit. Fuck shit. Shit. Fuck. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics IGF-1, Making Men, Men Again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Van Coke Cartel with the cover of The Beatles, Help. Before that, Mandy Shea with Love Wasn't Enough. Before that, Swug with Hold Up. Before that, Biff Naked with Let Down. And starting off the whole set, Tanner Usry with Time Bomb. All right, moving right along. In just a few minutes, you're going to hear a conversation that I had with Dan Wass out of New York. Before I get to that, it is time to reveal the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is Nate Roberts. Now, if you're wondering who that is, well, if you remember, on if you go to the Bearded Patriots video chronicles, and I just recently interviewed Jake Stevens, well, Nate Roberts is his opponent uh, running for state representative in uh, District 29, Bannock County. Now, this idiot thinks that uh, raising the minimum wage is going to help small businesses. As we know, you raise that minimum wage and actually you're choking the life out of small businesses. But then again, he's a fucking liberal idiot who has no business being here in Idaho to begin with. So, I mean, he's not even from around here and he wants to uh, press his... uh, liberal ways in our beautiful state. He doesn't fucking belong here. He needs to leave. Anyway, enough on that. Let's go to Outlaw Radio Gun Talk with Dan Wass. Here we go. It's time for Outlaw Radio Gun Talk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio Gun Talk, it is my pleasure to welcome Dan Wass to the show. Um, he's the author of a book series called Good Gun or Good Gun Bad Guy, 
and uh, he's he's done amazing things uh, in standing up for our Second Amendment rights and preserving what our Second Amendment is all about. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Well, hey, thanks for having me, Billy. And I see you're wearing a Second Amendment Foundation hat. Uh, we just uh, had a huge Second Amendment Foundation event this past weekend in Dallas, Texas. Yes, I, I actually, I'm wearing a Second Amendment Foundation hat. And then um, the shirt that I have is uh, from, is from uh, I think, not firearm policy, but uh, God, now I can't remember the name of it, but uh, they're, oh, uh, yeah, American Firearms Association. Oh, yeah. So the, the shirt's from them. I'm, you know, and I will say there's one, one thing, you know, uh, I feel like the NRA is failing us. So when I hear people bashing the NRA, um, I really don't care, but uh, yeah, uh, the um, Americans F Firearms Association, I think they're doing good work too, but they kind of put it out there in a video like they're the only ones fighting the hardest for the Second Amendment rights. And I'm like, uh, no, uh, Second Amendment Foundation is fighting just as hard. Gun Owners Association of America, they're standing up for us. So yeah, don't put down all the other organizations, work with them. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're all... You know, NRA, I, as for all the trouble they've been in and all the backlash they've gotten, you know, in, throughout history, they've done a lot of great things. Uh, so I don't want to totally dismiss the NRA. There's some things that people aren't happy with, of course. But um, as far as uh, Second Amendment Foundation, one of my favorites, Gun Owners of America, definitely uh, no compromise organization. I'm, I'm uh, highly connected with them. And um, at, the, at the national level, we, uh, they, they keep me informed. I, I happen to know a lot of people um, in the organization. So uh, Gun Owners of America, um, really, a, really a great organization. Same with Second Amendment Foundation. All, you know, all of them are really good. They all serve a great purpose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Alan Gottlieb is I mean, all the credit to that man and, and what, uh, you know, he has helped do, too. And, of course, uh, Pierce Morgan didn't even give him a chance to talk, just wanted to tell him what an idiot he was and talk over him and like didn't even give give him a chance to get his point of view across and cut him off the air. It's like, you know, yeah. trying to he did that to make him look weak. But of uh, course, Alan Gottlieb is not a weak human being. No, no, no. And, and Alan is probably one of the nicest guys you can meet. Got a chance to talk to them this past weekend in Dallas. Um, they had they put on their big gun rights policy conference, and um, this is my I think this was my fifth year uh, speaking at the event. And a couple of years during COVID were uh, virtual, but we finally got back uh, back to a, a a real you know conference. It was great. We had a great time. Alan was fantastic. Got a chance to talk to him, and and they are very welcoming people. Great organization. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to totally discard the NRA myself. In fact, uh, I'm a life member still making payments for that. <laughs> but, you know, I and uh, actually, if you want a life membership to the uh, Second Amendment Foundation, that's only $150 up front. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, the work you're doing and where you're at, the uh, you've got a fight on your hands. I mean... New York has done everything they can to make sure that uh, there isn't a Second Amendment. Mm. 
you know, basically, as somebody who carries a concealed carry permit myself, I have to look at the laws of other states and see where it's lawful for me to carry and where it's not. I looked at New York, and New York is like a no-fly zone. And then, of course, I'm. this is what I'm hearing. <clears throat> Please correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, just to apply, you have to pay all this money just to get denied for the most part. Now, uh, you know, they've gone after that, nipped that in the butt, and, sa and said, oh, you can't just keep on denying people and taking their money, you know, especially if they have very clean records and do qualify to, to, to have concealed carry permits. You know, so, okay, we're, go we're going to lift some of these restrictions, but you can't carry a gun here, 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 or here. Mm -hmm. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty close. I, I mean, we had we we had some very restrictive gun laws in New York State, and then uh, the the New York State Rifle and Pistol uh, versus Bruin case happened, and that started in two thousand fifteen. It took seven years for that case to wind its way through the court system, and then we ultimately won. The Supreme Court and Judge Clarence Thomas wrote a a great uh, decision. And uh, basically said that, yeah, pretty much everything that the New York State Legislature has put in place for gun control is unconstitutional and it's got to go. So it, it wiped away so much horrible gun law in New York State, including and, they, and he also included this really cool thing called uh, saying that any current or future gun laws must meet historical tradition, which means that you can't create a scenario to justify a new gun law unless that scenario existed uh, in historical times. When they talk about historical times, they talk about uh, the era of our founding. Uh, so now, because we have that in that decision, <clears throat> there are going to be a flurry of, of gun laws coming down on New York State in the, in the future. So that's a really great thing. So we had so a lot of these gun laws got wiped away. You didn't need proper cause anymore because New York uh, said that you had to show proper cause. In other words, you had to give New York State Legislature a good reason why you should be able to exercise your Second Amendment right, and then they would, in their infinite wisdom, decide whether or not you deserve to uh, to exercise your Second Amendment right. Well, the Supreme Court said no way. That's wrong. It's gone. We're not going to do it. You, you, they, so they they killed it. So it was great for one day. Gun owners in New York were like dancing in the streets. We were having a fantastic time. But Hochul, the appointed governor, the non-elected, the non-elected governor. Let me remind everybody: she was appointed when Governor Cuomo had to resign in shame because of his sexual deviancy. And and as a matter of fact, Hochul was in office um, un working under Cuomo uh, during all the during the entire time those scandals were going on. So that's just another whole story. But then she has this whole new package of gun laws where they were going to change proper cause to good moral character. In other words, you had to show <laughs> you had to show good moral character. And you had to prove your good moral character before the state legislature would give you your right to keep and bear. Um, 
And basically what that entailed was you had to give up three years of your social media activity uh, and let the state look at all your history, all your stuff, so they could, they could search for ways to deny you. And that's private. That's private information. A lot of those private messages and, and stuff like that, it's nobody's business. It's a violation of your Fourth Amendment right, having to give up that sort of, that sort of information. Uh, so we shouldn't have to give up our one, one right to exercise another one. So plus, you created a whole, a whole uh, bunch of sensitive locations rather than gun-free zones. Now she renamed everything sensitive locations. And it basically yeah. included every venue, every area of gathering, every everything. You can go anywhere. So I bring you up to that point so I can tell you what happened. Well, well, okay, so I'm going to back up a little bit. Uh, Gun Owners of America went in and said before that law went into effect, they were looking for a restraining order um, or an injunction, rather. They didn't get the injunction because they didn't have a plaintiff that um, had good standing. In other words, there was no loss. The plaintiff had no loss in this case. So Gun Owners of America went back and they came back with a vengeance with a bunch of plaintiffs with good standing. And just today, the decision was released that Hochul's gun law, the new Concealed Carry Improvement Act, uh, has been shot down. They, <laughs> they've got a restraining order on it. It's great. So, right? yes, it's fantastic. They have now, as of today, I don't know when this is going to air, but today is the 6th, October 6, 2022. Yeah. As of today, they have three days to uh, appeal. I'm not sure what's going to happen when they appeal it, but this is a great thing because now this whole package is shut is shot down. Uh, mo the majority of it. There's a few things that they didn't really address very well, like the 18-hour course and some things like that. But the vast majority of it of it is shot down. The, the social media stuff is shot down. Sensitive locations lo locations is shot down. Uh, having to give up personal information of your household members on your application that got shot down. Um, what else? Um, whoa, 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 whoa. One second. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm, no, I'm no, no. On here. Go ahead. No, personal information of your household members. So if you want to purchase a gun or have a concealed permit, you've got to give, give information about those yes. uh, that you live with. You, you would have. Yes. Oh, yeah, contact information, name, address, phone, you know, contact information and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's oh no, that's that sounds uh, more like more uh, totalitarian communism steps right there to control how you live and and what you have. I'm working on an article right now um that people will be able to find on the good gun bad guy blog and um let me let me tell you a couple more things. Um they were this Hochul's new package of gun laws also required, uh, basically deemed all private businesses gun free zones unless the the business owner put a sign up saying that guns are welcome. So she reversed it. What? Yeah, I know it sounds crazy. Usually you'd see no guns allowed, and you know that that particular location is a is they don't want guns there 
But in this case, she made them all gun-free unless the business owner put the sign up welcoming them. I know, crazy. Um, just another way to, to, to deter law-abiding people to carry gun in public. Um, so they wanted to make that. The judge basically said that you can't, she can't make that decision for the property owners. So he squashed that too. So, so today's a pretty good day. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So, wow. Yeah, it's, and of course, um, has there, I know that uh, AR 15s are, are a hot topic, and I've stated it before that, uh, you know, I've got a small arsenal here in my house. Um, I said a little over a year ago that I really didn't have any use for a, uh, for, for a uh, 1911 or a Glock or, or uh, any, any uh, semi-automatic pistol, you know, at the time I just want, I just wanted a simple old West uh, Colt revolver and I got a 357, but uh, just this last January, I got myself a clock. So now I've already crossed that line. I'm I don't have any AR 15s as of right now. And that's why I'm saying as of right now, I don't have any desire to own one. But, the, uh, you know, what the future, you don't know the future. I might have one next year. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, AR-15s are quite a hot topic, especially since, uh, you know, we had the incident in Buffalo, New York earlier this year and the even more horrific incident in uh, Uvalde, Texas. And, of course, Texas being a constitutional carry state as well, you know, and I was talking about it with people. and. Um, I was being, uh, you know, I was, I told them, you know, there'd be a lot, you're, there's going to be a lot less crime if you pass constitutional carry laws and, and more, um, you know, basically um, you, you allow more of the freedom, you know, that uh, pe people can have their guns, whether uh, open carry, I kind of is, oh, that's kind of an iffy line because it, it does attract negative attention. However, um, also, you know, if, if the, somebody walks in, somebody walks in the store and, with the intent of robbing it and they see everybody's armed, they're going to think twice. Yeah. So, and it depends what kind of what kind of criminal it is. I mean, yeah. if you have a criminal who who wants to. Um, you know, who who's not afraid of dying. um they might go after the person who uh, who has the, the gun exposed where you can see it. But if you most criminals, you know, what, like what I'm talking about is like maybe terrorists or whatever, um, they won't really care. Um, but most criminals want to live to, to commit crime another day. Um, so if they see uh, open carry, they're more likely to probably not commit the crime and not, you know, so it, it's, you know, th this is a, this is a, a debate that gun owners have had for, for decades, you know, concealed or open, which one's better. And I, and I suppose every situation is different. I don't really, um, I don't really take a, a position on that because I guess every, every situation would be a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I was talking just before Uvalde happened, I was actually talking with someone, you know, and they said, um, you know, their argument was if you, if uh, we became a constitutional state, uh, the constitutional carry state, then uh, 
people are going to think they're the lone ranger, whatnot, you know, and it's like, actually, uh, with, with the proper training and discipline, people don't yeah. think that way, you idiot. Yeah. You know, that's and, the way, they, that's the yeah. way they think. Yeah. And of course, then Uvalde happens. Oh, I told you. So I said, you know what, as horrific as that in incident was, that was one of very few incidences that happens in the state of Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not only that, but law enforcement is proven to be incompetent at that, uh, the, yeah. that day of that. Cause that, that kid could have been stopped long before he reached the school. Yeah. That was a horrible law enforcement situation there. I, I, I don't know why they didn't go in. Um, there was a, there was some controversy between the, the local police and the SWAT team and, and who was supposed to do what. I don't know. But regardless of all that, um, even when they do go in quickly, they never get there in time. It's always, it's always important uh, well, if you really want to save lives to have people in the building, teachers, staff, uh, other people who would be inclined to carry a gun to be able to do so. You know, I bet you, you know, the, the people who lost their children, you know, I, I bet you they would, would like the idea that if their teacher had had a gun on them, because at least they would have had a fighting chance. They, well, here's, here's more, there's more to the argument that I had about that too, is that kid, it's been proven. He had to walk 20 minutes to get to the school now. And they, they said, oh, yeah, and he had two Daniel Defense rifles fully loaded. Okay, so, and they said, but there's your constitutional carry and see where it got you. And I said, well, it's one thing to have a pistol on your hip. But it, I mean, anybody, in, even in a constitutional carry, seeing somebody walking around with two AR-15s Heading somewhere would find that kind of responsible and stop and ask questions. Maybe, you know, maybe he he wasn't his right to carry those rifles uh, walking down the street. But also, I think the police do have the right to stop and say, hey, where are you going? What's all this about? You know, I mean, like I said, it's one thing to have a pistol on your hip, but uh, uh, two AR-15s, that looks suspicious. And, and uh, you know, there has to be some questioning there. And you can disagree with me if you want, but. Well, we get we get into a into a, a topic, an area where, you know, did was he uh, was he a criminal? Did he uh, already commit crimes? Was, should he not have been in possession of a gun? You know, um, the way I look at it is if you know if you if you haven't committed a crime and you're not breaking the law, you're, uh, you 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 shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't be har harassed or hassled. Um, I, I get the idea that a kid walking down the street with two AR-15s in this day and age might look unusual. Um, do, does the does the police department have the right to stop him? I don't know about that. I, I just I just don't know, and uh, I don't think so. If he wasn't committing a crime, um, but the idea here, I I believe, is is to to take the criminals. Now, if that kid had mental issues. Those mental issues should have been addressed, but we don't do that anymore because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So, oh, so and, and we could, <laughs> and we could talk about, you know, <laughs> psychotropic drugs and all sorts of stuff that would cause, you know, 
people to do these, these heinous things. Um, uh, if I wanted to walk down the street with an AR-15, a law-abiding citizen, no, not a criminal, um, in an open carry state, well, I should be able to do that anywhere, but in an open carry state, I would uh, expect to be able to do that. Um, unfortunately, we have crazy people. And in those situations, you know, rather than we're never going to stop every madman from committing violent acts. And in Indianapolis proved that. Yeah. And in the cases where we can't, um, people need to be ready and be able to protect themselves. Because I tell you what, once, you know, good guys start putting the bad guys down, the bad guys are going to start to think twice before doing some of these things. And yeah, the problem yeah. in our society, especially in some of these blue states like my state in New York, uh -huh. letting criminals out of jail letting violent people out of jail. This appointed Governor Hochul, she she let almost 200 prisoners out of Rikers Island and simultaneously tries to disarm the good people. It, they try to create this victim predator society because it, it helps them politically. Um, and uh, we need to we need to fight back because we need to be able to protect ourselves. Like, like I said, we're not going to be able to stop every madman. Uh, but but we can be prepared. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that, that incident in Indianapolis too, if that one kid wasn't there who, uh, you, you know, who, who had his uh, firearm on him and uh, you know, who knows what that, uh, that madman with the, who went into the bathroom to assemble his guns and start, went back into the mall and started shooting and sadly killed three people. But, uh, you know, there's that there's that kid who uh, had a, had his uh, pistol that he was carrying legally and he, and he took out the threat. And of course, the Vivaldi police have have the right to to uh, criticize that. Come on. No, that kid saved countless lives, if you ask me. Because, yeah. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting about that story is. The management company for the mall had a, a, a no gun policy in place at the time. Now, what was his name? Boy, I forget his, I, I can't think of his, he had a very unique name. Do you remember yeah, his name? I've, I've got guy? it. I've got it listed on my, uh, on my uh, Elijah. Phone. I think it was Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. Uh, he, he defied the, the no gun policy in the mall and good for him because he knew the importance of defending himself oh. and the good people around him. So what happened was the mall management company with the the no gun policy in place they didn't have a problem with that they actually praised him for doing what he did and by praising him the mall management company in effect basically announced that their gun policy was a bad idea because they recognized that he did a good thing you know he he stopped the killer and he saved lives um, I just wonder, I haven't checked, but I wonder if their gun policy is still in place at that particular mall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, uh, the way I, I look at it, too, even though this is an open carry state and I can go into most places with my gun on my hip, mind you, I still I still carry concealed. That's just the way I prefer to do it. I'd rather sure. not. I'd rather not get the attention. And I honestly, I hope I never have to draw. Of course. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, if push comes to shove and I, and I have duties to fulfill, I'm obviously going to have to, uh, cross the, cross those lines that I don't want to cross, but, um, yeah, yeah we yeah. never want that to happen. That's the last thing we want. And when we carry a gun in public, we, you know, it, it's very humbling, actually. It's a very humbling experience. Uh, we understand that we have now an ability that we didn't have before, and we also have a, a huge responsibility. Um, so, I, And I don't think the anti-gun crowd understands that about us. Um, well, I wish they did. Oh, no. I've already talked to idiots who say we ban guns and uh, we, we solved the problem. I said, do you realize that uh, guns are sold illegally and underground? So, oh no, the criminals won't get their guns. Oh yes, they will. <laughs> yeah, and, and even if they don't, they they can they use knives. And we just had since appointed a, governor a big Holt, stabbing in Canada. The stab the stabbing in New York. The, the woman got stabbed like nineteen times. And then not only that, um, um, well, uh, Trudeau in Canada bans basically everything, limits ammo, bans handguns, bans semi-automatic rifles. And then three months later, there's a huge stabbing spree in Canada. Yeah. Because and people can't defend themselves. Well, have you, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Charles Bronson. I watched all the Death Wish movies and just that one scene just sticks in my mind where uh, the police come and take uh, this small handgun from these law-abiding citizens, <clears throat> and, and he's crying, saying, I can't protect myself now. And, it, and it's true, you know. You, and in that movie, of course, the criminals, all those thugs out there had all the weapons they needed, but, they, but the, it's the law-abiding citizens that uh, are in the wrong for having a gun. So, so you know, if this is what they want. You go to Chicago right now. It's a gun-free zone. <laughs> and... Uh, but uh, doesn't mean you won't find guns there. Right. Oh. Right. Good point. You know, it's, uh, that's where I get into the point where a friend of mine was killed in Chicago that I went to college with. I mean, he left Chicago to get away from the violence, had to go home to, because his mother had, had passed away from cancer. And day before his flight leaves, go back to where it was he was living. There's there's a mass shooting. He ends up getting shot before he leaves. That's why yeah, I say yeah. I, I say you know he was black. His life mattered. So if black lives mattered mattered so much, do something in these cities where there where the with this crime is because obviously black lives only matter when it's a white cop that does the deed. Yeah, and you know what? To Democrats, black lives don't really matter. Uh, Democrat lives matter. About black uh. votes matter. Black votes matter, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry to hear that about your friend. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I hadn't actually. It, I hadn't seen him. You know, we we went to college together, and that's where I met him. Was right right here in Idaho. I, we we went to college together. He was my next door neighbor in the dorms. I hated being there with him at first because he, uh, you know, he was always partying. But I ended up partying with him. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and then him and I started, uh, we built some dialect and, uh, you know, he told me you know, that uh, Chicago's dangerous. He's glad to be out of there. And then, uh, you know, uh, almost 10 years passed by and I find him on MySpace, and we connect and we, you know, we're bullshitting a little bit back and forth on MySpace, And 
Then one day, uh, his girlfriend messages me to tell me what had happened. So, uh. Yeah, yeah. He, he goes for his mother's funeral back to Chicago only to get himself killed before uh, hours before he's ready to leave. Uh, you know, Chicago, you know, it, it, it's got the most gun restrictions and it's got the highest crime. And you would think. And the, and the dumbest mayor. Oh, God. You, you would Lori think that Lighthead. they would really. I mean, I, I think they really, they, they do understand, you know, these Democrats, they, they get it. I mean, how many decades of this type of unarmed helplessness and high levels of violent crime do they need to see before they understand? They get it. But like I said, I really believe after watching this for so long that they want to create a, a victim predator society because- yeah. If people are victims, they're easily controllable. Well, you know, I follow what goes on in South Africa, you know, and because what seems to happen in South Africa ha happens here in the U U.S. carbon copy. You know, uh, pulling the racial tensions uh, got real bad. I understand. I'm not a I'm not a fan of apartheid, and that should that you know that was a crime ag against humanity. But uh, when you have Law-abiding black people there in South Africa wanting a, the apartheid regime back. Something tell something tells me something it might not have been so bad back then. You know, hmm. I mean, I will never agree to that kind of segregation, mind you, never. But um, but they they were obviously doing something right back in those days. Hmm. You know, and uh, now the, uh, the pulling down statues and all that that started there and. It's obviously come over here. The farm murders in South Africa remind me, uh, you know, that, uh, yeah, we need we need to be an armed society because the rural areas of South Africa are the most dangerous because, oh, and, and yet they, they've disarmed people in South Africa. Basically, a friend of mine from there, uh, first they, uh, they passed some law that every gun owner must register then. They came to see her, and because she took Xanax for uh, postpartum depression 17 years ago. Oh, man. That, yep, you're no longer fit to own a gun. Hand it over. And they hand it over, of course, without compensation, or take it without compensation. It's like, nope, it's no longer yours. It's ours, you know, even though you, you, you must have paid a somewhere between 500 and a thousand dollars for this weapon. It doesn't matter. It's ours. Now it's another thing too, is like my, my Colt revolver that I have. That was my last gift from my grandfather. Cause I bought it with money that I inherited from him. So be damned if anybody, that's probably uh, my most prized possessed gun, yeah. you know, because of the sentimental value of it. And there's no, I'm, I'm going to be blunt. Fuck the government. They're not taking it. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. I, you know, and, and well, and then just look at places like Australia, you know, they did, they did these gun bans. They had two major gun bans in Australia. Oh, and, you know, they, they, they said that they, they were doing it to stop suicides, you know, oh, um, but suicides actually ticked up after they did that. So it did nothing to stop the problem is the idea for them really is to get guns out of the law-abiding citizens' hands. And that's why you'll see Democrat states trying so desperately to ban guns. It's not because they want to 
save lives. They, they, they don't care. If they cared about saving lives, they wouldn't be pro-abortion. So they don't really care. They say they care, but they really don't want their political opposition, which is us, the good guys, the traditional Americans, the conservatives, Republicans, they don't want us, their opposition, to have guns. And when they're in power, they do everything they can to disarm us. It looks like they want to save lives. They say they want to save lives. They say they want to keep people safer. But everything they do shows us that they're trying to create more violence by letting prisoners out of jail. And they're trying to disarm the people who are their political opposition because it's primarily conservatives and Republicans who are the gun owners. I mean, yes, there's some Democrat gun owners, but the majority of gun owners are Republicans. That's um, right. So, so that's their game. I mean, it's pretty clear to me yeah. at this point. Yeah, um, that's and the way the left we're goes. Not, what's that? That's that's you know that's the agenda of the left. You sure. know, I mean, they you know we 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 no longer have the party of John F. Kennedy or maybe even Bill Clinton, even though I I really don't. Right. I don't have the nicest things to say about him either. You know, we have a we have a communist based party that uh, basically wants full control. That's why they want our guns. Is so it's another way to control our lives. You know, I mean, is it? It's some coincidence that uh, cattle are dying off, and then they're they're banning hunting in some places, and then they're telling some people here, according to the Bureau of Land Management, you cannot plant crops. Even you own this land. But you cannot plant uh, these crops here, you know. So it's it, it's well, people have been people yeah. have been uh, have been fined or even maybe even arrested for for collecting rainwater. I mean, have you ever? Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard some of these stories, it's, but it's insanity. Oh well, anybody who's self sufficient is 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 a threat to the government because right. they. You know, as Ronald Reagan said, uh, terrifying words are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. yeah I mean, Native right. Americans paid that price. And so let's let's learn from history there. Well, we're, we're going to learn. We, we did learn. Our founding fathers learned. That's why they wrote the Bill of Rights. That's why they wrote the Second Amendment. They understood that. That's the great thing about that. that that's what makes us different. And as long as we can, can defend that Bill of Rights, we're going to be okay. Um they, the, our founding fathers saw the tyrants. They, they saw them coming 200 years earlier. That's why they wrote the Second Amendment. So we're in a different time now where, where we actually have documentation that protects the rights of the people. I know they've been violated left and right, but that, those documents are still there. And if we can get behind them and we can defend them, and we can stop these dangerous Democrats, uh, we can take back um, the fa- the, our traditional America. Yes. Well, Dan, I hate to say it, but uh, we are out of time for the segment. Got to go to an upcoming music set we got coming up. Uh, before uh, we get to that, though, I'd like to give you an opportunity to give yourself a plug. And uh, also, uh, yeah, your books at Good Gun, Bad Guy. Uh, I think I want those. <laughs> okay, well, we'll make sure that we get you set up with them. Um, let me show you. I got uh, it's a three book series. This is uh, this is what the book looks like. It's Good Gun, Bad Guy. Uh, this is the first edition. This is the first uh, book in the series, and okay. people can find it at goodgunbadguy.com. Okay, and just uh, just for the listeners too that are listening on the audio stream, 
Uh, this is good gun, bad guy. And uh, the first uh, lo looks like it's got a Glock on the front of it. So, or I think that's a, that's a, it might be hard for you to see that. That looks like a black 1911. <laughs> yeah. It's a It is a 1911. Yep. Yes. But, um, and it's a, it's a three book series. Here's book number two for people who are watching. And that looks like a Colt revolver. And here is book number three. And that's an AR-15. Yeah. So um, the, the, the book series is fantastic. People are going to love it. I, I'm sure they're going to love it. The feedback on it is great. You can go to Amazon and you can buy it or you can go to goodgunbadguy.com. And it's also available on Audible if you like audiobooks. All right. Well, Dan, it's been a real pleasure talking to you here. In fact, I'm, I'm going to keep in touch because I doubt this is the last time we're going to talk, especially when uh, something major whether it's good or bad, like I, I, today was a perfect day to talk. Some good happened, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, we'll be speaking again in the future to say the least. Anytime, pal. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. You take care. And there you have the conversation with Dan Wass. Time to go to the next music set. Coming up, we got Mickey LaMantia, going to be followed by Letters from the Fire. We got Canine Posse, Louise Warren, and Artifice. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. <laughs> Well, sometimes I find that I just can't say no, and it's one of those nights where the bartender pulls a whiskey so slow. Why does something so wrong seem to feel so right? Sorry, girl. I chose the whiskey tonight. And the song on the jukebox sure helped me decide a song of broken promises and Merle Haggard's. That's right And I know that you are lonely In the middle of my fight And I'm sorry, girl I chose a whiskey Swinging doors And call you on my way home And reassure you Baby that I'm yours But tonight I ain't lying Cause it just don't feel right 
wonders today
1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. Cause it's an ambush Put out a jam On a sneak tip The tide has turned And I peeped it Budget For my military lodge The budget for your jam Minimal Sarge Green Beret Special Force Battalion Paid in full I got a panda Battalion Wait a minute This beat ain't through You ain't dismissed You're only a corporal This beat is military Hold it, you disobeyed my order, yo, should I bust them? Yeah, dude, your order. Nah, I got a better idea, put them in the front line and make them stay there, fear. Yeah, I can see right through them and worry about a thing, the enemy will do them. Chance, he might escape, nah, not even ramp or could dodge his fate, this big military. Shot. Fake 
MCs, your asses are mine. Marine Corps gear, pops machine, yeah. Mics and turntables, you know what I mean. 24-7, I'm giving inspection. My rhymes are line, I make a perfect selection. Def Jam, what's that? A weak cut? What? In your war locker, I'm writing you up, so just laugh. And joke like this bull, but like a tow truck, I got pulled. Moving the crowd like it shouldn't be a massive. My regime, absolutely badass. <laughs> Military, 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 military,
community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho are still up to their dirty tricks teaching Idaho kids from cradle to college that white people are inherently racist. Now, these left-wing nuts are taking the whole race thing to a whole new level with critical race theory. According to critical race theory, teaching children math, arithmetic is racist. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, racist. Can you say ridiculous? 
Malcolm X warned against critical race theory. It's very harmful. It's wrong. And the leftist nuts teaching this stuff to our children know it. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Join the fight against the teaching of critical race theory to Idaho's youngsters. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org At some point, you're going to want to consider this. If a national emergency or a natural disaster or even civil unrest should occur, where would you go? Seriously, where? Heading into the sticks with some MREs in a tent might be all right for a week or two, but then what? And who's around you? Who can help you if you need it? And how long would you last without the security and comfort of your own home? If you've asked yourself these questions, consider X-Point. Located in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, a limited number of military-grade hardened shelters originally built by the U.S. government, 80 feet long, 26 feet wide, 12 and a half foot ceilings that you can custom build out to your own tastes. X-Point, a nine square mile city of like-minded people who know the best way to deal with a disaster is to distance yourself from it. If you've always wanted a real bug out bunker with the amenities of home, visit TerraVivos.com, T-E-R-R-A-V-I-V-O-S.com. X-Point, X marks your spot. Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one-size-fits-all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jigs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboy and alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell. They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat he would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. Get in touch with Chaz today, and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats, that's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with We The People Holsters. If you own a handgun, then you know you need the perfect holster to go with it. We The People Holsters are made right here in the USA by gun nerds who are not afraid to support our Second Amendment. Whether you want Kydex or leather, We The People Holsters has just what you need. We The People Holsters is the preferred option of professionals throughout the law enforcement industry, as well as those serving in the branches of the armed forces. Simply go to www.outlawradioabs.com, go to the store section, and click on the We The People Holsters banner to select the holster that's perfect for you. Don't wait. Get your holster from We The People Holsters today. The United States had its biggest spike in murders ever recorded last year. That's according to a new report out from the FBI. Across America, crime is surging. Who will protect your family? Liberal politician Maggie Hassan makes us less safe. Hassan supported early release of dangerous criminals. The first early release under her plan was a sex offender convicted of sexually assaulting two children. It's no wonder defund the police groups have endorsed Maggie Hassan. Fortunately, there's 
a real choice. Don Bolduck, a retired general with 33 years of service in the Army. Ten tours of duty, protecting America from our enemies. Bolduck opposes defunding the police. He thinks it's crazy because he stands with law enforcement to keep us safe. General Don Bolduck for the U.S. Senate. Soldier, leader, defender. Senate leadership fund paid for and is responsible for the content of this advertising. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. www.senateleadershipfund.org Building in a little hip town. This is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in a mood to deal with you today, you stupid asshole! All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics, IGF 1, Making Men Men Again. Songs you just heard, you just heard Artifice with Alive. Before that, Louise Warren with Headed to Nashville. Before that, Canine Posse with This Beat is Military. Before that, Letters from the Fire with Scream. And starting off the whole set, Mickey LaMantia with I Choose the Whiskey. Moving right along, it's time for the Steve Solution with the icon Stephen James. Here we go. If you have any trouble voting, they have officials there at the election site to assist if you need assistance. That's what they're there for. They cannot tell you who to vote for, how to vote, whatever. That is against so many laws, it's not even funny. And if there's ever a whiff of that, I think every vote in a particular precinct could be nullified. And certainly the participant could find him or herself doing some jail time. This is the Steve Solution with Stephen James on Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Steve Solution. My name, obviously, is Stephen James. Join, as always, by the CEO of AOW Productions, my co-founder, Bad Billy. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, j- just another day in paradise, man. Of course, I see you're you're now on a different set- setup, not quite by your choice. The picture is a little bit better. The sound is a bit robotic, but we'll, we work with what we got. Yeah, uh, I do what I can. Um, We'll get this squared away in the next few weeks, but for now, we'll do what we can. Yes. Thankfully, Zoom finally has a decent mobile app, so we can do that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, So what are we talking about today? Well, rumor has it, and not so much rumor, that did Kanye West show up to an event wearing a shirt that said White Lives Matter? Yeah, he showed up to some fashion show right beside Candace Owens wearing a shirt that said White Lives Matter and the left are losing their fucking minds. Well, so obviously here's the thing with Candace Owens. She's obviously, you know, a pretty staunch right-wing person. So let's not get into her 
one of the founders of Blexit. And well, well, let's Kanye West. You remember after Hurricane Katrina, he was on that program and uh, he was standing right next to Mike Myers. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking Halloween's around the corner. But uh, yeah, Mike Myers from Austin Powers and Wayne's World. And he said, George Bush don't care about black people. Then you flash forward a few years to him wearing a MAGA hat. Yep. And uh, not to mention, where does he own property? None other than the beautiful state of Wyoming. Does he have a standing invitation to Mar-a-Lago? I don't know about that. But I'll take Wyoming over Mar-a-Lago any day. Well, I mean, obviously a few hurricanes there, but the winters are kind of brutal. That being said, I don't particularly think, despite all the facts that, you know, Kanye has repeatedly supported Trump and all this stuff. I think in his case, it's more of a publicity stunt. And quite frankly, having a big star like that on the Republican side isn't the celebrity we want. Well, the man is clearly insane. I don't know about that. There are plenty of people out there, and and we don't know of all of them because the of course, the media ain't going to acknowledge it, that are sick and tired of this wokeness bullshit and fake racism. Well, first off, I'll be the first one to tell you, Hollywood is a lot less liberal as far as actors and actresses. Uh, you mean Hollywood? They're not as weird as you might think, because there are a lot of actors and actresses in Hollywood that actually do vote Republican, they just will not come out and say it publicly because it will fuck their careers. There's only a very small handful of actors and actresses that can get away with it because their names are big enough. Uh, you know, Tom Selleck, for an Tom, example. Tom Selleck, he's I, ver- I haven't heard a damn thing from him for a long time. True, but he doesn't need to anymore. He's made his position clear. He's very much for guns. He's very much right-wing. And also, again, I think maybe one of the reasons we haven't heard that much from him over the last few years is because somebody has told him, uh, to shut the fuck up or, or you're not working anymore. And he likes those multi-million-dollar checks from CBS. So, now when's the last time you saw James Woods or in anything or John Voight? Uh, John Voight does. He's not getting anything high-profile, but he's steadily working. James Woods, on the other hand, he's basically been blackballed for being a Republican. And then also, you remember, too, when uh, Charlton Heston, after he became president of the NRA, only appeared in cameos, it seemed like. Cameos or really bad or really small films, yes. 
Like, uh, yeah, um, when they had that but To be fair on that, at his particular age, that's all he really wanted to do were very small roles. Of course, uh, yeah, they gave him that one. and Oh, they, uh, they didn't even credit him either. Uh, for that remake of Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg, where he made that short cameo as an ape this time, where he's a human in the first two. <laughs> uh, or maybe he just realized the film was so bad that he did not want to be credited. Because, <laughs> God, that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. But, you know, John Boyd, uh, to use as a perfect example has been very, very outspoken. For many, many years, he was considered to be one of the greatest actors in Hollywood, which uh, I don't believe that has changed. He is still a phenomenal actor. If you doubt that for a second, watch the Showtime series, Ray Donovan, he is phenomenal. He is one of Hollywood's great actors. However, in recent years, he has been a very outspoken Republican. Yeah, and I don't think his, his daughter appreciates that about him too much either. Well, I don't give two shits about his crazy-ass daughter. That being said, maybe he should have spent a little more time raising her properly, and who knows what would have happened there, but whatever. His career, honestly, yeah, it's gone in the toilet. But then again, he's old, and I don't think he gives a shit anymore. And his retirement set up. And that's exactly it. Is now he no longer cares. You know, he financially he's totally set. He doesn't give a rat's ass. You know, it, his retirement is secure. Uh, whoever he chooses to leave his money to is secure. He doesn't have to play the game, and that's the same thing with Tom Selleck, which is you know, Tom Selleck doesn't have to fucking play the game. Anymore. Tom Selleck stopped playing the game, what, 20 some odd years ago in the, you know, the mid 90s when he went on the Rosie O'Donnell show and just made an ignorant mess out of her when all he wanted to do was talk about the movie he was doing. In which, by the way, he played a gay guy who kisses another male. At that point, he was just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. So, I'm just going to say what I think. That has changed a little bit because CBS has backed up the money truck to him. He's kind of toned it down a bit, but he still is an unapologetic conservative. John Boyd is an unapologetic conservative. And both of them have said there is a huge, huge part of Hollywood 
that are conservatives. But you will not hear that from them because they are afraid that they will be canceled. And that's a damn shame because you should be able to speak your mind no matter what your belief is without having your career And, of course, uh, when it comes to James Woods, I don't know. I think uh, he just wasn't ready to uh, compromise his principles under any circumstances and uh, doesn't doesn't give two shits. You know one of the great things about James Woods? Uh, Do you remember a movie uh, probably 20 or so years ago called Ghosts of Mississippi? I'd never seen it, but I heard of it, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, uh, in that particular movie, he played the uh, assassin of uh, civil rights leader Medgar Evers. He played a man by the name of Byron Dela Beckwith, I believe. I remember watching, actually on HBO, a behind-the-scenes documentary on this. And when the actual widow of Medgar Evers saw him, she freaked the fuck out. And her daughter literally said on this particular thing, I, she said, and I'm pretty sure I'm quoting, I might be slightly off. She said, no, Mom, this is James. He's one of the good guys. This was a young woman whose father was murdered by a racist who literally called James Woods one of the good guys. Mm -hmm. And Honestly, if I can find that somewhere, I'll put it out on Twitter or have Billy put it out on Twitter. James Woods is not a bad guy. He's just a fucking conservative. But in this world, look, if you're a conservative, you're a bad guy. I'm sorry. You're you're a horrible person. You're a racist. That's not the case. I mean, hell, Matt Damon, who is one of the biggest liberals out there in the last two years, supposedly had to be taught by his daughter that you can't say faggot. (laughs) But he's one of the, you know, ultra-liberal enlightened people out there, but he was running around for years saying faggot. So, do we cancel him now? Oh, all they, all it's going to take is one recording and uh, from, uh, what, when he was three years old and he's ruined. Yeah, that's one of my points, too. Look, we all understand there are certain words and you know, phrases or or whatever that should be used that a lot of people use way back in the day. 
can we not just go, look, I didn't know any better then. I've been educated since. I'm, I don't say that now. But we live in a society, Stephen, where uh, you should have known ignorant, uh, ignorance is no excuse. You know, you're you're done. You know, that's that's the that's the world we live in now. Well, but here, let me tell you a little story. I have an uncle who is not quite married to a black woman, but he is married to a very dark, dark Native American woman or indigenous American or whatever the hell we're supposed to call it. And they've been married for, fuck, I think almost 20 years. He used to ride around on his tricycle, and every time he saw a black person, he thought it was funny to yell and point and go, Okay, let's watch that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, not that that, that was yeah. not right. But he was also three years old. To this day, now he's married to a woman of color, not necessarily, you know, the same color, but close. He's raising two kids that aren't biologically his. So should he be canceled? Because when he was, you know, three years old, he rode around on tricycle in 1973 and yelled out a fucking racist word? Or should he be applauded at this point that he buried a native woman and adopted, you know, two boys that were not only not his biologically, but of another race? So on one hand, we should, you know, the liberals should be applauding him for, you know, being the perfect example of what America should be, or should we cancel him because when he was three years old, he rode around on a tricycle and yelled a word. Hmm. Example. Well, yeah. Everybody's up in arms about shit John Wayne said back in the late 60s, early 70s. So we should all hate John Wayne now, right? Now well, we're just going to cancel him. No movies will be available, blah, blah, blah. That's my and, point. And, is, and, you know, you, and we're going to desecrate his grave. You were a product of your time. But you know what? If we're going to cancel John Wayne for that, let's go ahead and cancel Butterfly, uh, I'm sorry, um, Butterfly McQueen, who was nominated for an Oscar for her role in Gone with the Wind. Because of her overtly racist portrayal of a slave. Well, they've already taken oh, yes, out. Yes, Miss Scarlett. Oh, yes, Miss Scarlett. 
Yeah, they've already pretty much canceled that out, too, about the time they uh, took care of uh, Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima. And, it, and, and another thing, too, how about, how about Terrence Williams? They want to cancel him and tell him to take his face off of his box of pancakes, even though that's his product. He's an entrepreneur running his own business. He can't have his face on his products because he's black. If that's not racist. The sole, whole point of this entire woke movement, and by the way, do you want to know what the face of the woke movement is? Or at least the color of that face? Oh, I would, what? I would, I would think it's a, it's a wrinkly old white piece of shit named George Soros. Actually, more accurately, it's his son, but close enough. He's so damn old that he can barely wipe his ass. But unfortunately, he's indoctrinated his son entirely too much that. We thought a lot of this would go away when that old fuck died, but... It, I don't know uh, if he's dead yet. No, he he's not. He's still very much alive, but he's indoctrinated his son so much that even when he dies, he's not going to go away. Uh, his, well, his mind is definitely tarnished being raised by that piece of shit. Yes, and as far as George Soros, everyone forgets that as much as he likes to fight for the underdog, he bowed the fuck down and took money from the Nazis, so... See, I don't get that. I, this is, We gotta wrap up here pretty soon, because we're almost out of time, but he, he was born in 1930. The Nazis started, what, 1941? He, he would have been uh, just barely in his teens. Not a, not was toward, towards the end of the war, but he would have been 14, 15, and it was his father, but he helped. So, yeah. but more to the point, though, I mean... Uh, if it is a publicity stunt, maybe it's a good one. I don't know if that's exactly what Kanye West is doing. But I think he was just trying to... Honestly, he just wants his name out there. I don't think he gives two shits one way or the other. Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. I think he believes, or somebody who, you know, dresses him believes, mm -hmm. if you wear this, your name will be out there. And as long as your name is out there, you are going to make money. That's literally all that is. That has zero to do with anything that has any substance in the world. Period. All it was was he wanted his name out. 
which is why he put out a fucking Instagram or tweet or whatever it was after uh, Queen Elizabeth II died. He literally put out a message that said, I feel for the people of England because I have lost my queen too. Referencing Kim Kardashian. He <laughs> is just keeping his name out there. Well, I mean, that is that is a matter of opinion. I'm going to say I don't know. Uh, well, personally, I think it's a matter of Again, keeping your name out there. And uh, I want to put this out to every single natural-born citizen of the United States. Why the fuck do you give two shits about the goddamn royal family? It has no bearing what to do with any part of your life. That being said, any listeners in the UK, I want to ask this question. Why the fuck do you care about the death of the queen? It has zero bearing on your life. The royal family doesn't actually rule anything in the United Kingdom. Parliament has run that shit four years. The only thing that royal family does is suck on the royal tit of the overtaxed British people. I don't know why anyone gives a fuck. I don't know why there's a royal family in Britain. They have no say over law. They are literally ceremonial, but they suck up billions every year. All right. Hey, we're, I hate to say it, we're out of time, but uh, remember if uh, people want to uh, have something to say to you, the number is 732. Yo, bitch. All right. All right. We're out of here. Peace out, folks. And that's going to do it for this edition of Outlaw Radio. Thank you very much for tuning in. On tap for next week, as usual, is yet to be determined. Getting in the show with Gypsy Blood with, well, the title of their song, the title of their band, Gypsy Blood. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and I will be back next week. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio. Sometimes looks on my side, sometimes slips away. Watch out the chest when I see the way it blows. Set sail, I hit the trail, got 
follow where it goes. Never did like staying long, you know I never could sit still. Now I rap, I'm good as gone, you know I move around the wheel. Was born a restless soul, I never will slow down. Day I stop moving, I'll be six feet in the ground. I must have gypsy blood. I gotta go, gypsy blood. Gonna play my songs, gonna steal the show, gypsy blood. Find another man, staying here with you, my dear. This wasn't in the plan. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from Fresh Baked Tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to FreshBakedTees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of OutlawRadioABS.com. Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better. Get the best night's sleep in the whole wide world and more with MyPillow, pillows, and other products. Are you and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency? Visit My Patriot Supply and purchase buckets of food with a 25-year shelf life. Check out We the People holsters, made in America by gun nerds who are not afraid to support and stand up for their Second Amendment rights. The Tactical Brotherhood is veteran-owned, and the gear and other products they sell are all American-made. A portion of your purchases go to support organizations for veterans. At ConcealedCarry.com, find news, get firearm instruction, and buy accessories and apparel. Visit OutlawRadioABS.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. We 
you're proudly sponsored by One of a Kind Art 43, created by professional artist Tammy Blackman. Tammy offers free consultations and will customize your art piece to fit your needs. Each of her pieces are, as the name suggests, is one of a kind because each are personalized pieces, and once she is done, there will never be another. If you are interested, go visit Tammy on her social media pages, Facebook and TikTok by searching One of a Kind Art 43, where Tammy broadcasts her work as she's making custom tumblers or canvas art for another satisfied customer. You can always reach out to Tammy through her email at oneofakindart43 at gmail.com or call 409-234-5156. Although the prices vary, the quality is unmatched. Again, her social media pages are one of a kind with underscores between each word, followed by the word art and the number 43. Thank you again, Tammy, for another presence on this show. Pancakes. Hot, fluffy, delicious pancakes smothered in butter and warm maple syrup. Growing up in foster care, Terrence Williams always dreamed about big family gatherings around the breakfast table with Grandma in the kitchen, cooking up a big family breakfast. As a kid, he could almost smell that intoxicating aroma of those delicious hot and fluffy pancakes. As an adult, he has cultivated his love for cooking and his passion for food into his line of Cousin T's pancake mixes. I'm talking gourmet pancakes here. Go to CousinTees.com. Browse all the pancake choices, including buttermilk, apple cinnamon, blueberry, and various limited edition pancake mixes. Show the world how much you love Cousin T's pancakes with Cousin T's apparel and drinkware. Go to CousinTees.com. C-O-U-S-I-N-T-S.com. Cousin T's, y'all, the best pancakes you have ever had. You can't cancel these pancakes. Get yours today. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy, the one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too, no matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions.